Welcome to The Marketing Hive, a podcast for helping you to navigate the world of digital marketing. We are your hosts, Amy Cook and Kate Smoothie, and today we are talking all about keyword research for SEO. We're covering everything you need to know to choose the correct keywords for your website and sharing our five favourite keyword research tools. Amy, hello. Hello, hello. Um, Yeah, (laughs) I guess we should kick it off with actually what the hell keywords are, because I'm sure many people are probably thinking, great what what are keywords what do we do with them um yeah I think everybody has a really different understanding of this don't they like some people come to it having a bit of an understanding about keywords like they kind of know what they're for and other people are just like what the frig is a keyword exactly and I think it is that thing isn't it so for example for anyone who probably doesn't know what keywords are for SEO is basically that's the thing that gets your website ranking and people to your website um so that's literally it it's just about choosing the right ones to then actually get those I guess the correct people to the site that are actually going to want to purchase from you as such um but there are actually three different types of keywords is there Kate? Yeah, so there is a short tail keyword, medium tail keyword and a long tail keyword. And so to just give three, I use these examples all the time. So short tail keyword for my industry would be web design or SEO. Um, Then like a medium tail keyword would be maybe something like web design for business. And a long tail keyword would be something like web design for small business owners or web design for digital entrepreneurs or what have you yeah um so yeah talking on those keywords a bit in a bit more detail i guess the kind of way you can differentiate them is the length of the keyword so kind of as it says on the tin a short tailed keyword is a keyword for uh less than two words yeah, I think so. It's one of those things, isn't it? There's no hard and fast rule, but no. I, it varies depending on. So obviously SEO is just one word, but web design is two. And there could be instances like dog grooming services where I would probably, well, actually, no, I'd probably say dog grooming is the short tail keyword there. But yeah. it, it, some, it depends. Basically, it's like the, the shortest way <laughs> that you can say what your offering is. It's normally like the thing that you might search first on google so these will actually come a little bit later we're going to talk about search intent but let's say you're starting out a search and you're thinking oh my gosh like i need a website so i'm going to google web design then as you get into it you realize that you're you're going to start narrowing down that search and so what happens is as people narrow down the search they start searching for medium or long tail keywords yeah i think that's it isn't it it's about kind of the it's the best way I probably would say to describe it is about where that person is within their customer journey. So mm. when we think of customer journey, we think about someone who is very problem focused. So that's someone who, like you say, has an issue, but probably doesn't know yet what they need or how to actually fix it. So they would use a short term keyword like web designer, for example, because they're, they're just trying to figure out what they want. Once they then discover more on that path of what they're looking for, they start to go in the second phase of a customer journey, which is solution sure. So that's that they've started to narrow down, figure out what they want. So then they start searching more specifically. So that could be web designer for female based businesses, for example, because maybe they want someone that's, you know, more relatable to them. They have then obviously got this that, you know, they're 
they've got their solution, they know what they want, so they're then searching the longer tail keywords. Um, so I guess that's how you would differentiate the two. Um, you obviously, when it comes to your website, want a mixture, I guess, of both, because then you're going to capture people at different stages of their customer journey, build that brand awareness for your business. But equally, there's factors to that. So for example, with short tail keywords, um, they're obviously a lot more competitive because everyone kind of wants those keywords. So it's definitely harder to rank for. So yeah. that's where later on we talk about kind of that thing of understanding, I guess, your strategy and the purpose of putting that keyword on your website to then be able to get the right, you know, the right inquiries and so forth coming through. Absolutely. So I think the, it can be, I think it can feel really overwhelming to think about the short tail, medium tail and um, long tail keywords. But what you will find is as you do your keyword research and as you're looking to hit all these other markers in terms of search volume and all things that we're going to cover, you will realise that long tail keywords are probably your best bet. Um, as an example, like office chair. Well, Amazon, Amazon are going to be ranking number one, Wayfair. I'm just trying to think of like other companies that will be coming up there. You're, you know, if you're like... A Shopify site and you're selling that kind of thing you're never going to rank for that um so it's about understanding your competition and the fact that the the huge big players are going to be targeting the short tail keywords and just understanding that although that might you might think logically in your mind oh well my keywords are going to be exactly what it is I sell it's about tailoring those to actually hit someone's search results because yeah. you are competing with huge companies um but just just to go back, because I was thinking when we were talking about this, I'm like, just to clarify on the keywords thing. So probably the simplest way to define what a keyword is, is it's your way of telling search engines about the content on your page. Yeah. So you have to look at it from two angles. There's you put the keyword on your website. So search engines know that that's what your content is about but then also someone will be putting that keyword into google and searching for it and then be connected with your content so it's part of a much bigger thing um but that's essentially what it is and your short tail keywords you will probably already know off the top of your head and the point of keyword research is one to find out if there are other ways people might be searching for what you sell what you provide that may be answer apparent to you maybe they describe it slightly differently but also to actually find the keywords that are going to get you traffic because yeah. like for me if I optimize my website for web design I'm never going to get traffic I'd love to it yeah. would be amazing I wouldn't need to market anywhere else but it's not going to happen so it's about finding those areas where you can dominate search results yeah 100% I guess that moves on to kind of like that's where you'd start looking at your search intent as such in terms yeah. of I always like to start with kind of like mapping out, you know, your website in terms of figuring out what pages you've got and then deciding what's the purpose of that page. So, for example, I guess two examples would be if you had a service page, obviously the intent of that is to get someone to that page to then want to purchase. Um, another example would be, for example, if you had maybe a blog, that would be more as a, you know, educational type things that's more like getting people there to to learn or you know to start getting more value so it's a different type of intent in terms of why that person's coming to you someone who obviously is going to be searching for a service is ready to purchase someone who's looking 
to learn more is looking to understand and figure out possibly if that's what they actually need or want. Um, so it's figuring out, I guess, if you kind of like look at all your all your landing pages or the pages you've got on your website and figuring out what's the purpose of this page. You know, why do I want people to click on this page? What do I want people to get out of that page? And then that's when you can start thinking about the keywords that you could start using for it. So, for example, if I had a service page about my um, SEO services, obviously the intent there is to get people to land on that page to get SEO support. So straight away, I can start thinking, OK, so the keyword could be SEO support or SEO services. So I can start to then do my research based on that to then expand it out to see what other things people are searching for around SEO to help me with keywords. Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's, so there is the way, another way you can look at search intent is that there are searches that have got high buyer intent and there are searches that have got a low buyer intent. So, or high search intent, low search intent, you'll see people call them different things, but essentially it's the same thing. So this is where, so Amy's talking about, um, earlier on about like solution-based searches and that kind of thing so when someone initially starts their research a lot of the time people are looking to DIY so it might be how do I build a website how to build a website for example so that is a keyword that I would want to target but I would target it with a blog post and I would understand that someone is going to come to me and read that blog post and they're going to want to learn more information my goal at that point as a business owner looking to sell my services is to make it clear to that person that they probably can't do it themselves. But it's not to sell my web design services on that page because they have got a low buyer intent and they're very they're, they're at a point in their journey where they're thinking they can do it themselves and they need to learn a bit about how yeah. they can't. Maybe they can, but they they quite possibly can't. Um, obviously, the reason why I do what I do is because lots of people can't or don't want to or whatever. Um, the goal with that blog post is to give enough information and to place myself as an authority figure within web design. From there, I can softly, softly link to my services, yeah. but it's more in like a, if you're unsure on any of this, you could reach out to a web designer to discuss it with them. It's not a book a web design project with me now kind of thing. Yeah. Cause that's, it's, it's just not going to convert. There's no point. Um, whereas like a high search intent, keyword or um high buyer intent keyword however you want to describe it would be something like web design services in essex web design for female entrepreneurs web designer for coaches that kind of thing that's what i would gear up a service page for because that person is looking for me they've already accepted that they want that service hence why they're looking for a web designer or web design services and so they would get sent through to a main service page where they could book um, similarly you can do it with products I shared something on TikTok the other day about this um, Apple do it really well so they have two pages on their website for each product and they both have a similar goal of you buying the product but one page is still selling you the product and the other page is just telling you how to buy it and the page that is telling you how to buy it so I can't remember what the product is I use in the video but let's say it's an iPhone 13 there's a learn more about the iPhone 13 page and there's a buy iPhone 13 page and the idea is that someone might be searching for say iPhone 12 versus iPhone 13 they're not ready to buy 
but they kind of are. So for Apple, they know they're ready to buy from Apple and they're ready to buy an iPhone, but they don't know which one. So the goal with that is to convince them which one to buy, not to just send them to a page where they can buy an iPhone 13. Whereas if someone's Googling buy iPhone 13, they're sold, make it as easy as possible for them to buy it. And so it's about considering what they're searching, where you're hoping to send them based on the search, and then the user journey on your website. So really consider what keywords you're targeting and don't just pick a vague keyword that's kind of related to the page because people are gonna to come to the page, they're gonna be pissed off and they're gonna leave and they're never gonna click your link again. That's it, isn't it? And I think that's the thing where when you start to, like we said, it's easy to sometimes start with the short tab keywords in terms of like, you know, marketing support, SEO services, web design. But you need to then start narrowing that down to allow it to become more specific, um, you know, and get people who are, I guess, more at your level, because I guess that's where it comes into like factors of when choosing your keywords. It's not as simple as just going, okay, brilliant, we're going to go with the keyword web design. Like there's lots of factors, like you said a minute ago, in terms of office chairs. Amazon are going to be ranking for that because they've got millions of things on their website about office chairs. So you're never going to compete against that. So it's pointless. You can put that keyword on that page and tell Google that's what your page is about, but it doesn't mean you're then going to get the results you want. So that's where you want to start narrowing it down to um, keywords that possibly have a lower search volume, but it's still going to give you opportunity to get your website ranking on Google because there's not that competitiveness there. Yeah, absolutely. And so actually that probably does lean in really nicely to discussing search volume in a bit more detail because so everything we've talked about so far are all factors you need to consider. Um, quite possibly during the keyword research phase, but some before. Search volume is something that will become apparent once you're in keyword research phase. So there's not, not really another way you can no. so I guess like I guess the the thing what you want to do is basically start thinking about like we say that user the process of that buyer's journey what that landing page is about so you know the search intent of that page is it a landing page that's going to get people to purchase or is it a page that is going to persuade them to purchase by giving them more information helping them you know answer that problem they've got even more that they're going to then want to purchase once you've then decided that, you can then start to see and get ideas in terms of the keywords you're thinking that page needs to be. So like we've said, examples, it could be that you're a web designer. So you start thinking this page is about a purchase. So we want people to be looking for web design. That's where you would then start tackling your keyword research um, in terms of, you know, searching for that keyword. And then that's where you start then looking at the search volumes to figure out from that, which keyword has got the best search volumes and competition to then be able to support your website. So like we said before, shorter tab keyword's are obviously harder to rank for. Reason for that is because there's hundreds of search volumes for it. So I'm sure for a keyword, for example, like web design would be like plus 10K, monthly yeah. search volumes god probably um, even more i'm gonna look now yeah have a look <laughs> just out of interest <laughs> while you're um so yeah so obviously that's huge and it sounds eighteen thousand one hundred searches a month wow that's crazy 
But yeah, so that sounds amazing because you can think, oh, wow, like I can get 18,000 people to my site. That's amazing. Like I'd never have to work, like I'll be fully booked out next week. No, that is not the case. <laughs> Sorry to blunt Because as an example, and actually leading on a bit to competition before yeah. we get to search volume, um, as an example, the competition there, top spot is Wikipedia. Well, how the hell am I going to compete with Wikipedia? Yeah. Then we've got Wix, who anybody who follows me elsewhere knows how I feel about Wix, less we yeah. say about them, the better. Um, then we've got some magazines who are sharing about what is web design, principles of good web design. And the problem there is that it's just, it's so vague. I think I'm almost at the bottom of the page. I found one company in, in London and I bet they've paid a I bet they've paid so much on their SEO to get there. But the point is, it's just, it's not a secure spot anyway. I, I guarantee you there are companies that dip in and out of being that the highest spot of a company that shows up there. Um, it just wouldn't make sense. Exactly. To focus um, your efforts there. No, exactly. So that's where you would then start to do your keyword research and think, okay, well, I can't compete against that. Um, jumping back a bit, talking about, because, in terms of search volumes it could be a, you could be asking the question of like well how do I know what keyword I want to go for in terms of search volume like you know how do I know whether to go for a keyword that's got 10 searches or 18,000 searches so what the, the best place I guess to do is look at your own website insights um, and see how many searches you're getting on your website to then give you an average of the types of keywords search volumes you want to be looking for so for example if you do get I don't know 10,000 people coming to your website a month then you've probably got a very high chance of ranking for keywords that are within that search volume whereas if you are a site that only gets 100 people coming to your site a month you are probably better off ranking your site for keywords that are also within the 100 search volume yeah so th this is a technique that's known as the seo avalanche technique because you can use it on you can use it throughout your whole kind of um keyword research journey as your site grows so let's say you start out and you're getting 100 website visitors a month so you using that technique you would aim for keywords that have a search volume of 100 searches a month then as you grow, which hopefully you should, as you're gaining traction with those keywords and rising in position on Google, let's say you get to 500 searches a month, then you can start tackling the keywords that get 500 searches a month. So it's a very, very basic concept and it works well and it's good because it grows with you um, and you don't really need to give it much thought. There are a lot of other things that come into it. Um, things like what's your domain authority and stuff that basically if we were to sit here and talk about it now I worry that this episode would become much much bigger than what we've planned it to be like this we want to keep this around keyword research the idea behind breaking down so Amy and I have got plans to share quite a lot of different educational episodes around SEO but it's about making it digestible for you and if we sit here and we start talking about everything to do with SEO in one episode you're going to be lost to us <laughs> like you will just drop off and leave so there are other things you need to consider I think actually we haven't planned it yet we've talked about what the next episode is going to be but I wonder Amy if we should do one about like ranking factors yeah. so things on like domain authority page speed and what have you because there are lots of other things that come into it as well but the the avalanche technique that we're talking about is a really easy way of taking some of that confusion out especially when you first start 
um because I get people all the time say to me like oh I found a keyword and it's like a thousand searches a month but the cost per click says it's low and no 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 and there there is a lot a lot to it um but if you have a new site your best bet is to go with I get 50 visitors a month so I'm going to target keywords that get 50 searches a month for example it sounds shit but it gets better quickly as soon as you start ranking you that's you've got to think you get 50 searches a month if you target a keyword that gets 50 and you reach number one for that keyword you've doubled your search volume you've doubled the amount of searches it's not shit is it because like I say if you're only getting 50 people and then by adding one keyword in you're getting 100 people a month that is so much better and if you're if you've got five pages that's you know more that's doubled it tripled it whatever because yeah. each of those words at each page is going to be ranking so absolutely I don't, I don't think it's crap you're better off doing that than disheartening yourself and putting a keyword that's got 10,000 searches and then never actually ranking and having on you know an unachievable goal as such absolutely it's true but I just think people I always say this like SEO is not sexy and especially when you first start like there's nothing attractive about it it's like oh great like it's like result this keyword only gets 20 searches a month I can probably get it (laughs) that's not exciting it's not like I've had a viral TikTok video and like 50,000 people have seen like you know like it's it's the total opposite of what we're taught in other marketing stuff right so I think that's part of but um yeah that that is definitely it's the most logical approach you could have when you're starting out yeah yeah exactly and it is that thing of like seo like anyone should know seo is a long-term plan it's not an overnight fix it's not something that you're gonna chuck a keyword in and you're gonna be ranking for the rest of your life and you can sit back with a cup of tea while inquiries come through um (laughs) i mean that would be amazing but i think we'd be out of jobs if that was the case (laughs) Um, that's true but you know it is that thing of it is like kate says it is starting somewhere and then growing from that you know you're better off starting small starting with those keywords that have lower search volumes that you're going to be able to actually rank for start getting inquiries for and then expanding from it from there you know and growing out as far as you can in terms of the more your search volume increases the more you'll be able to grow yeah absolutely cool um, so i guess I, that moves on to i was going to say does that move on to um tools our fave tools so, yeah yeah that's gonna so say so i want to start out with we wrote them down but i want to start out with the one that i wrote down last if that's all right just because it it is it's well the tool is google <laughs> so the tool is it's actually the method yeah. um so you can use google so this is known as the google alphabet soup method lots of people all over youtube reddit wherever they all talk about this method it is by no means the most effective or the quickest um as an SEO specialist, it's not a method I use because I have tools that I pay for that do this. But if you're looking for kind of, I guess, like a cheap and easy way, well, free and easy way yeah. to do it from Google, it works. So you go onto Google and you'll start out with a short or a medium tail keyword. So as we've used it a lot in this example, no, actually I'll use something different. So I'll use fish ponds. So you'll start out with, so Amy's laughing because my husband does, <laughs> he's like, a, he's an aquatic specialist. So she knows this is like one of my go-to keywords and we worked on his website together. So um, yeah, she know, you know, uh, uh, oh, you about ponds. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Um, okay, so we'll start with fish ponds. So the method behind the Google Alphabet Soup method is that you type in fish ponds and then A, and then you will use Google's autocomplete feature to see what the suggestions are for your search. That autocomplete feature works by going off the back of other people's searches on Google. So you know that they are things being searched on Google. Um, write down any that are relevant to your business. And then the idea is that you'll work through the whole alphabet like that. So fish ponds B, fish ponds C, and you'll write down any that are relevant to your business. And then you have a crap load of keywords that you can use. Make sure they're relevant. Because you don't have additional data with this like search volume, you kind of need to use your common sense a little bit. So if it's something that you search it, you can use things like competition for this though. So if you see one that you think looks like it could be a good fit for your business, you can search it. If let's say fish ponds, now I've got to think about a competitor <laughs> for fish ponds. So um, my husband's business is local. So it would be local competitors a bit different. We'd be working more on locations, but like let's say B&Q or Wix or somewhere that sells some sort of tools or he's probably going to listen to be really annoyed at me for not saying the right people here but whatever um if they are coming up number one for that spot and the whole of the first page is is more geared around tools or companies that are based all around the country or whatever well i know that his company probably aren't going to compete with that and so i would not choose it so that's one way that you can kind of narrow down the keywords um, if you're seeing competitors who are of a similar size to you, similar sorts of businesses as yours, I would say you could assume that is fair game as a keyword. Um, but yeah, so that that is that method in a nutshell and how it works. Um, you can also obviously consider things we've discussed like search intent and what have you. So that's tool number one, which is Google. Cool. And to keep on the Google thing, um, tool number two is Google's keyword planner. Now, the reason I like to check in or say this is like recommend this is again it's a free tool from google um and at the end of the day i always think you're trying to rank on google so why not check in with google on what you know how their keywords are performing it's really easy to use same again you literally just have to type in a series of keywords and again if you've got like you can either type in one keyword or you can search up to 10 keywords. So, you know, you can kind of jot all your ideas and keywords in. Um, a good thing with the Google Keyword Planner as well is it does actually give you other like keywords as well based on the ones you've searched. So it can give start generating new kind of ideas off of what you've searched. Um, and then further to that, it's obviously gives you thousands of different keywords related to that. Um, you can go through that list in two ways in terms of it's literally just a list of um, keywords so you can go through that list and then kind of you know pick out the ones that you think are correct based on the search volume and so forth of those keywords or you can export it to a spreadsheet and then work through it that way again picking out the keywords that you feel are relevant to your business based on the search intent and obviously search volumes. So that is um, tool number two, which is really good.
Okay, so the next tool that I've got for you is kind of a Google based tool, but it's not. So it's a Google Chrome extension called Keywords Everywhere is also available for Firefox, but I don't think any other browsers at the moment. So the browser extension works whereby once it's installed on your browser and it's activated, when you make a search on Google, you will get the search volume, cost per click and competition of a keyword. What you also get, which is a really, really nice feature, is suggested keywords on the right hand side of your search. So they will often be medium or long tail keywords. So if you start out with a short one, it's a really nice way. So I know we've been using like all kinds of different ones, but let's go back to web design. So if I search web design, I then get that next level of um, in-depth keyword and obviously like niched down keyword. So it's really, really helpful for that. Um, it's not free. I think it's so we've got two paid for tools in the ones we're suggesting and then all the rest of these are free. So Keywords Everywhere is something like $10 for like 100,000 credits. And I think I've been using it for over two years and I think I've had to buy credits twice, but that is only because once I accidentally left it on for a long, long time when I was Googling, like, you know, random stuff you Google yeah. in a day, I, I wasn't remembering to turn it off when I wasn't doing keyword research. And if you don't turn it off, then obviously you're going to spend credits. But if generally speaking you won't need to buy more than one set of credits um, so it's really really affordable and a really useful tool yeah yeah I actually do love that tool and you do have other things with it so you can actually look at kind of like competitors websites and what kind of keywords yeah. other people have got on their websites and so forth um, you can also see like how much content people's websites have got so again we'll go into that on another episode but it's something really helpful in terms of like getting your website to then rank um so yeah it's a really good and easy extension especially for that thing like if we go back to the search intent it's really helpful for that because if you're starting to figure out what types of things people are searching to then see what keywords you want to rank for that will help you further with those kind of search intents of you know relating them to keywords as such um, but tool number four, um, which is a tool that I use, not just for keywords, I think it's absolutely brilliant, but it's answer the public. Um, again, another amazing tool. This one is free, but I think there is a paid version as well, because I think the free version only, you can only do so many searches a day. So I think you can only mm. do like I want to say three or five keyword like words and then after that it's paid um but basically answer the public is a tool where you put in the keyword and it gives you all the different searches around that keyword so for example let's go back to the one of web design if someone you typed in the keyword on their web design it would give you the kind of like different things people are searching in terms of it could be like who is a web designer how do I get into web design um looking for how much does web design cost yeah um yeah so it gives you literally anything based on the keyword web design it will give you so then you can then start to figure out what types of things again people are fitting into google to then start thinking about how you can utilize that to rank those pages but another great thing it's amazing for, again, is blog post ideas. So that is your list of blogs for life then. Because, yeah. for example, if you are ranking your website for web design for small businesses, that's obviously the intent of getting someone to purchase. But also you want to capture those people who possibly may not be ready to purchase. 
So you're going to do that via writing blogs. So that's going to give you all your blog topic ideas on, you know, what is web design, um, is web design valuable um, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I love that tool. I use it all the time for blog post ideas. Actually, I, I use a lot of other tools as well when it comes to coming up with blog post ideas, but that is always the one that gives me the most. And that right. I can, yeah. what I quite like to do with Answer the Public now, because obviously a lot of the things that we've discussed here in terms of competition, search intent, whatever, you can figure that all out. But the search volume one, I, they don't give you that. No, that's one thing so, I would say. It's probably one that you want to yeah. look more in. It's probably one that you want to, like, if I was to think about my keywords, if I was to use a paid tool, um, I would probably start with Answer the Public to figure out what people are searching and get some kind of, like, ideas around, like, the user journeys of people's search. And then I would probably use a tool like Google Keyword Planner to then start thinking, okay, so Answer the Public are saying lots of people are looking for web design services in the UK. I would then use that that phrase and pull it into Google Keyword Planner to then see the search volume of it. So I would probably say that you have to use that tool with something else, but it's good for that starting point of figuring out the kind of questions people are searching to then utilize that in another tool to get the search volumes to check if it's a word you like a keyword you want to use. Yeah, absolutely. And then moving on from that to the last tool, it is pricey. I'm just going to put it out there now. Um, but if you are serious about SEO, then it is a really worthwhile tool to invest in. It is not only a keyword research tool. It is so it's Hrefs. Now, some people use SEMrush. Some people use Hrefs. They kind of do a similar thing. I have used both and Hrefs is the one that I have really settled on for now. Um, but they both do a similar thing, basically. If you're interested in investing in a premium SEO tool, I recommend reading some of your own, um, doing some of your own research, looking up the two versus each other and seeing what has the most features. But Hrefs has got some awesome keyword research tools. So they have two. The first one is Keywords Explorer. Um, they do actually offer free you can get the first 10 searches worth of data for free here. So you don't even need an account. Um, okay, I forgot to say this at the beginning before we did this list, but we will link all of these below in the notes for this episode. So you guys can click and check it out. I will link to Hrefs and also specifically to the Keyword Explorer that you can use and um, the free version. But I think when you see it and you see the data you get, if you're doing like bulk keyword research, it's worth investing. Um, it is just while we're on the subject of the pricing, $99 a month. You could, if you are doing keyword research as a bit more of a one-off, pay for it, do the research, cancel the subscription. Um, but basically that will give you, it's probably the most um, amount of comprehensive data you're going to get for your keywords. So they give you like a keyword difficulty score. So you get an idea of how difficult it would be for you to rank for that keyword. Um, if you have the paid version, then you get a much more deep dive version on the keyword. So you'll get a listing of everybody who ranks for it. Um, you get an idea of what their stats are on the page. You get um, it will give you the keyword difficulty score, but it will also tell you roughly. So, again, this is going a little bit out of keyword research and into other stuff, but it will give you an idea of how many backlinks you might need to be able to rank in page one and that kind of thing. So it's very, very in-depth. I would recommend it for anyone who wants to offer SEO professionally. You need a tool like this or SEMrush, in my opinion. I think, Amy, you use SEMrush, don't you? 
Yeah, I was going to say, I've always been torn between the two, but I've just for now stuck with SME Rush. Um, SME Rush. I can't say it now. Um, <laughs> it's because SME. I get I get why you call it that, because it's like small, media. Yeah, yeah. I know, but it's um, S-E-M Rush. I always call it S-M-E. Always throws me off. But it's the same in terms of, you know, it's brilliant for... It's your go-to tool for SEO. You know, it's the thing that's going to tell you everything based on SEO. But one of the big features it has is keyword research. Um, and it also, yeah. again, you can pick competitors' websites in and so forth and see what they're ranking for. And also see where keyword gaps are, which is really good because, you know, if you're trying to rank for the keyword like office chairs, there might be gaps around that that you can then slot in to get your website ranking in between those bigger competitors as such. Yeah, absolutely. And, and yeah, they and they basically offer, it's similar, isn't it really? Yeah. Like they all offer that kind of thing. The other tool that is really helpful um, on Ahrefs for keyword research is Content Explorer. So you need to know a little bit more about some of the settings to add for this. A podcast is probably not the best way to do it, but I actually have a video where I talk through how to use Keywords Explorer and Content Explorer like side by side. So I'll link it below, but it helps you to find websites that are ranking for keywords when they haven't really done a great deal of optimization. So yeah. that way you, you can go in, do the optimization and really easily take the top spot from them. So again, if you're getting into more like strategic keyword research and on-page optimization, that's a really good tool to use as well. But I don't want to really overwhelm people, especially people that came onto this episode being like, what's keyword research? And we've ended it with like real deep strategy stuff. Um, but if you want to know more on it, I'll link that video. And obviously for any of you guys that, have been listening to this and you think oh, I really wish they talked more about that from like a more advanced level let us know obviously the podcast is new we're very much feeling out what it is that you guys want to hear from us and how in depth you want us to go this has been heavy in depth on keyword research yeah. but it obviously we're trying to meet people at a beginner level if you guys want more advanced stuff we can absolutely dive into that yeah we just need to know you want it yes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. I think that rounds up this episode. Absolutely, it does. Thank you so much for joining us, guys. I think we thought this was going to be like a 10 minute episode and I'm dreading to see how long it is when we finish it. But um, yeah, thank you so much for all the positive feedback we have had so far on the podcast. It's really, really lovely to hear from you guys um, on Instagram, email, whatever, letting us know that you're enjoying it. And we've had some awesome reviews. Um, please let us know how you're finding it and we will speak to you soon.